Hey, welcome to Radio Rehab. If you're just joining us for the first time, you might not know that this show existed more than 100 episodes ago. That's because if you listen on your smartphone, iTunes only lets you go back about 100 episodes or so. So you can't hear the first week of our shows, which is what I would like you to hear. So producer Shar and I have gone deep into the vaults to find the first week of Radio Rehab shows from 2015. As you know, this is a daily show where I have a guest co-host on with me for the entire week and we talk all things recovery. So I don't just do that all willy-nilly. I wanna share my story with you too. It's transparency. In these shows, you will also get to meet Chris G, who you probably already know from week one of our Storyteller series. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the new episodes of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana and I'm a recovering addict and an alcoholic. I'm clean and sober right now, but I've struggled with the disease of addiction for most of my adult life. It began when I was a teenager. I've had bouts of sobriety and even during the bad times, there's always been some part of me that wanted to live life the right way, the way I am now. This show isn't just for addicts, it's for everyone. Some of my guests will be familiar to you, but their stories will be new, heartbreaking, and awe-inspiring. If you aren't one of us, you surely know us. We are your wives. Your husbands. Your daughters. Your sons. And we've gone through hell to get to the other side. This show is dedicated to the ones who didn't make it. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rehab. Uh, I'm Dana, and I'm here with my my buddy, Chris G. We know each other from radio. We met at um, KSJO, Channel 104.9. We met at Clear Channel, basically, and yes. now we are both clean and sober people. But when I met you, I had three years clean and sober, and you were not sober. No. And you came up to me and told me about your heart problem and that you told me you wanted to go to a party, but there was going to be alcohol, and you didn't know how to have fun without drinking. Right. And so you asked me if I would go with you. And we went and we laughed way harder than anybody else at that party. And we, I, we, I didn't drink. You didn't drink that night. You right. might have when you got home. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That was, um, the heart problem was due to uh, methamphetamine use for close to a decade. Right. So- Congestive health. Why it was like, didn't they say it was the size of a grapefruit or something? Well, it was big. Right. It was a big fish. And, um, So at that point, um, I stopped doing hard drugs and I stopped drinking for a while. But then, you know, eventually the the mind of an addict, you're like, you know, I can drink. I mean, oh, yeah. My problem was just heroin. I can I can drink vodka in the morning. That's fine. (laughs) And so Dana was like the new toy or the new exciting, shiny object at the radio station. And, you know, I, I was fascinated that she was a recovering heroin addict. So I introduced her to everyone as that. I thought it was hella cool. I was like, this is Dana. She used to be addicted to heroin. She used to stick needles at show them. Do you have any track marks? Show them. Which I do. He'd be like, look, she's got one in her neck. Yeah. You know, and I'd be like, okay. You know, people, people would be freaked out and horrified because they didn't know... 
because all they could hear was heroin and needles. They didn't know I was sober and in recovery, you know, right. and doing better than they were probably yes. as a spiritual person. Yes, but so I, you know, I, I don't, um, I'm not going to blame myself for bringing you back in. Oh no, the no, 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 world. <laughs> no, it... but I did witness. Uh, you know, there was uh, at some music festivals. Yeah. Oh my God! I remember me and Calhoun. Yeah. Football on the. Yep, drinking tackle <laughs> football, and I remember sleeping on a Denny's lawn. Uh, in San Jose, I don't remember much. I just I remember I was lucky enough to be with what people in 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 the program call an enabler. So I had a boyfriend who was a normie. He could drink. He could smoke pot. That's what he did, and he did not understand addiction. He had never known a heroin addict. He had never. Um, he thinks he smoked like some kind of opiated hash one time, but I'm here to tell you that was a ball of heroin on some weed, dumbass. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, not it wasn't his fault. So he he I I said to him like, oh I, it actually it was when my father passed away. I said, you know I can't I can't stand this. Everybody is getting some kind of release, some kind of relief, and I am not, and it's not fair. And go order me a double dirty martini, extra dirty, and leave it by the women's room. And he said. You can do that because you're a heroin addict, right? And I said, oh, yeah, totally. I was just a heroin addict, so I can totally drink vodka. Duh. And, I, you know, I had him going with that. For, but, but I was able to just drink for a while, a long time until I started working at um, a different – until I started working for CBS radio. And there are some people there who um, brought some other drugs into the mix. We won't name names, but – because it's not their fault, but, Yeah. That's how I picked up. And then going out San Francisco, which they call the yay area for a reason. Mm-hmm. And cocaine is such a stupid drug. It's so 80s. It's like like I tell people in the program who have like 30 years clean, they're like, are people really doing blow again? And I'm like, yeah, no, they are. A lot. Especially in San Francisco. And people just think that's funny. They're like, well, that's the, so 80s. <laughs> there's Yeah, there's the two levels. You know, the, the powder users right. emphasize. I only use the powder. Yeah, I just do key I'm bumps. a crackhead. Right. I just snort that, and, you know, exactly. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. But I love it. <laughs> no, but um, somewhere we have to find the lost CD of... Uh, Your air check? Yeah, there was... Oh. <laughs> so so you was... you had been in recovery bef- <laughs> before, and I had never even attempted it. and um, And I remember when I was first offered it, I said no, and it was because... I was recording a show. Oh, this is so and, good. And um, I, you know, rule number one for radio is don't talk or sing over the vocals. Yeah, yes. And at that time, I, I believe it was uh, the Foo Fighters. You the know. best of you, that's what it was. And so I was full on saying, the best of you. We're going to take it to Castro Valley and Hayward, bitch, and bitch, and bitch. <laughs> so and you went from Berkeley to Hayward to Castro Valley, bitch. bitch. That was your drunk air check. I have it somewhere. I do okay. have it somewhere. Later, See. I ended up, unfortunately, having a drunk air check, which was nowhere near as funny. It was just sad. It sounded like Darian O'Toole. It was and, just sad. Rust in peace. Yes. No, R.I.P. No, no, no. But the, the the sad part about it was I recorded that show and left the building thinking it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't to air till the next morning. Yes, but I was codependent and I called. I was like, dude, he's drunk. We got to find that air check. 
and we find it. I, I call back, and she finds it, and she I go, just just tell me if it's bad, if it's not noticeable, whatever. He brought that. What was your friend's name, Jose? Somebody mm-hmm. who had no business being yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Who totally, you asked a question, and his answer was, fucking, um. I don't Whoa, oh, man. Know. I was like, and you could hear it. You could completely hear it. You were talking about our boss's wife. I mean, it just went on. It was, but so, Calhoun, our buddy, calls me, and she goes, it's bad. Dude, it is so bad. It's bad. So, yeah. I ended up calling Profit, like the people who who run the machine that the radio is built on. Like yeah. The machine behind the radio. The Matrix. Yeah, it is the Matrix. Yeah, because commercial radio, if you think you have anything to do with it. You're believing a lie. It's all in a machine. So, so I call and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna need to uh, pull something from the from the log. It just doesn't need to be there. And they were just completely questioning me, going, "What? Why? What's your? What authority do you have? Why do you need it pulled?" And I'm like, "We just. It's just something we don't need." And I realized I didn't know the right verbiage to use with these people, so they wouldn't pull it. So we go through the whole day thinking because it aired so early. It was like. 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. or something? Yeah. Yeah, so we're thinking our boss didn't hear it. And then, he, yeah. He, he calls me in, and, and and this is denial. The first example of denial, folks. Denial in addiction. I get called in to the office. The HR woman is there, which, you know. Usually you means. You know what that means. Yeah. And um, he starts playing it, and he says, were you drinking? When you recorded this, and I said, uh, "Yeah, I mean, I I probably had a few. You know what? You know what? I I I was out at a barbecue, and I was drinking, and then I remembered I had to record that, so I had a friend drive me in, and we did it. Anyway, he uh, he says, you know, what should we do about this? And I said. I was thinking, you know, what do they do with Stern or, you know, these Yeah, people? yeah. Was- you could suspend me. He's, I'll give you a couple of days off. No. <laughs> and um, and so he goes, you know, uh, our company, we, you know, we have programs to help you, you know. And I'm like, oh, help? Wow. Oh, you're saying I have a problem? Well, I've noticed that at, you know, station events, you drink more than the rest of the staff and i have a higher tolerance dude all right i'm half irish i don't need help i'm gonna be fine and so that was the first time i turned down treatment and um maybe should have took him up on that but hey (laughs) no you shouldn't have because there's something called eap which is supposed i call employee abuse program which is what i learned from cbs it was literally and I was in a bad place. The worst thing. It was just literally weekly abuse. It was horrible. There's no help. It's like, hey, uh, my mom's dying. Can I maybe not pay money to come see you this week? No, you'll lose your job. And I got absolutely zero help from it. So you, it's a good thing. Although with Clear Channel, it might have been a different program. I don't know. Yeah. Some people, the EAP, it's supposed to be an employee assistance program. But it's not. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean... There's there's some companies you work for, I think, that probably, like, if you work for some kind of a school or, you know, a university, you could probably go to, like, the Betty. I've always wanted to go to the Betty Ford because, dude, you're not, that's not <laughs> hardcore Betty. recovery. <laughs> I call it the Betty. Like, you, what do you do? Get a massage and do Pilates or something there? Yeah. Like, the ones I go to, it's like, you get up at, you know, Sunday is at 6 a.m., double scrub the toilet thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was cry helping. And that was, like, the place you went through. Right. So, um, I think, I think, uh... We've we've done our good introduction for now. In the next episode, you will hear about how Chris G 
hit rock bottom, the end of your run. Because in the episode before this one, I talked about the last day of my using, which you know all about. So, Mm -hmm. yes, as we sit here both with cirrhosis, clean and sober. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Listen to the next episode if you want to know. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll